John Piper contemplates the divine orchestration behind the nativity story, emphasizing the meticulous fulfillment of prophecy through God's sovereignty over worldly events. He starts by pondering the prophecy in Micah 5, which foretold Bethlehem as the birthplace of the Messiah, and how God orchestrated historical events, including a decree from Caesar Augustus, to ensure that Mary and Joseph would travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. This, according to Piper, is a testament to God's immense power and detailed plan. Piper then addresses a common feeling of insignificance among individuals in a vast world dominated by grand political and economic movements and powerful figures. He encourages those feeling small or inconsequential to find comfort in the fact that God is in control of even the mightiest earthly powers directing them, often unknowingly, for the benefit of his people. He assures believers that God's overarching purpose is not their immediate comfort or prosperity, but their sanctification and conformity to the image of Jesus Christ. The sermon accentuates that every action of global leaders and every shift in societal structures, while seemingly independent, are under the dominion of God's will. Piper cites Proverbs 21. One, to reinforce that God directs the hearts of kings and leaders like streams of water, guiding them towards His divine will. The central message of Piper's sermon is one of reassurance and awe. Reassurance in the personal and intimate care God has for each believer, and awe at the scale and sovereignty of God's operations in the world. He concludes by inviting believers to rejoice in the knowledge that they are under the care of a big God, a powerful and provident father who orchestrates the entire universe for the good of his little people. Also, Piper's meditation on the Calvary Road, based on the narrative of Christ's birth in Luke 2, 6-7, invites readers to ponder the profound theological significance of Jesus' humble beginnings. He affirms that God's sovereign orchestration of events, such as the census that led Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, clearly demonstrates his capability to provide materially for his son. Yet God chose a different scenario. In the divine narrative, there were no vacancies in any inns, illustrating a message of purposeful deprivation. Piper argues that the lack of lodging was a deliberate element of God's design, mirroring the path of impoverishment and suffering that Jesus would tread throughout his life. This path, a path Piper calls the Calvary Road, was integral to Christ's mission. It signified the sacrificial nature of his incarnation, a theme reiterated throughout the New Testament, particularly in the Apostle Paul's writings which assert Christ's voluntary exchange of riches for poverty for humanity's sake. Piper stresses the intentional nature of Jesus' journey, one that is devoid of worldly comforts or honor and yet full of divine purpose. Through his birth in lowly circumstances, and ultimately his death on the cross, Jesus embodied the profound act of servanthood and the principle of self-denial. This very principle is what Jesus sets before those who wish to follow him. Piper reminds us that discipleship involves embracing a life marked by the cross, characterized by sacrifice, and oftentimes suffering akin to that experienced by the Master. Moreover, in the course of discipleship, believers are called to recalibrate their expectations of comfort and acceptance. Jesus' own words that he had no place to rest his head serve as a stark reminder of this. The Christian journey is thus not one of seeking earthly security, but of enduring in faithfulness despite challenges.
In summary, Piper encapsulates the essence of the Christian experience as one aligned with the life of Christ, a journey on the Calvary Road where trials are not anomalies but integral to the follower's pathway, serving to shape their destiny in accordance with God's salvific narrative. Through Jesus' humble birth and subsequent trials, God signals that the way to glory is through humility and suffering, exemplified by Christ and shared by those who follow His steps. Furthermore, Piper delves into the theme of fear as articulated in the Bible, particularly focusing on the angelic messages that accompany the birth of Jesus Christ. These messages, delivered to Zechariah, Mary, and the shepherds, consistently command the recipients to fear not. Piper elaborates that this command is profound, for it speaks directly to the human condition, marked by sin and the consequent guilt that brews fear within us. These fears manifest in various ways, from concerns over small deceits to more existential fears such as divine retribution or the finality of death. Piper recognizes this fear as a natural reaction, yet contrasts it with the divine directive that accompanies the advent of Jesus. By referring to Hebrews 2.14, he demonstrates that through becoming mortal and experiencing death, Jesus conquered the devil, the one who wielded the power of death and in doing so liberated mankind from the paralyzing fear of death that had ensnared humanity. Expanding on this point, Piper contends that if the fear of death, which is the greatest fear, has been addressed through Christ's death and resurrection, then all lesser fears related to our earthly lives should also be diminished. The encompassing sovereignty of God over the world implies that the minutia of everyday anxiety, from job security to social connections, should not dominate the life of a believer. Piper invites believers to embrace the biblical promises that offer reassurance and to live in the freedom of God's care. He exhorts believers to not be dismayed by life's challenges, as they are to trust that God will provide and fortify them. The scriptures, Piper highlights, are replete with affirmations that God is with His people, caring for them, and serving as an unshakable stronghold amidst life's uncertainties. The reflection closes by reiterating the message of Christmas as a directive against fear, indicating that believers can find solace in God's unwavering support. Piper invokes the rhetorical question about who or what is to be feared when God is the source of light and protection in the believer's life, thereby dismissing the place of fear in the hearts of those who are supported by divine righteousness. In addition, Piper addresses a profound aspect of the Christian walk by tackling the relationship between faith and joy. He begins with a bold proclamation, Rejoice, a command that maintains the high value placed on joy within the Christian experience. Piper points out that a faith devoid of joy doesn't align with the teachings of Christianity. He leans on the teaching of the Apostle Paul, who declared that his entire ministry aimed to contribute to the advancement and joy of believers' faith. Paul's directive to the Philippians and Thessalonians to rejoice always serves as a testament to the enduring nature of joy expected in the Christian life. Piper is quick to acknowledge the coexistence of joy with profound sorrow. He uses personal loss to illustrate how joy in God can intertwine with the deepest grief. He recounts the intense initial mourning following his mother's tragic death, a moment deeply marred by tears and sadness. What he also experienced during this time of loss, however, was a persistent joy. 
not a feeling born of the circumstances, but from faith in God's sovereignty and benevolence. This complex emotional tapestry of hope and joy in the midst of sadness was something he endeavored to express during his mother's memorial service. The simultaneous existence of sorrow and joy in the believer's life is crucial to understanding Piper's message. He reiterates it is not only normal but acceptable to weep and share in others' suffering, weep with those who weep, acknowledging the full range of human emotions. Yet, there is an aspect of Christian joy that remains unassailable even by the most grievous of life's trials. For the believer, Piper maintains that this joy is not superficial or fleeting. It is eternally secured in God's unchanging love and perfect rulership. Even in the darkest moments, the child of God harbors an inexplicable joy, anchored not in their present circumstances, but in the firm belief of God's care and the ultimate promise of His eternal comfort and rectification of all things. This profound joy, according to Piper, can never be fully extinguished in the hearts of those who put their faith in Jesus, as it is sustained by the unwavering goodness and power of God Himself. Further, Piper dives into the biblical account of the angelic proclamation of peace in Luke 2.12, 14, unpacking the nuanced implications of the angel's message about Jesus' birth. He scrutinizes the phrase, peace among men on whom his favor rests, and elucidates that the peace promised is not indiscriminate or universal, but selectively granted to those who find favor with God. Piper debates that possessing faith is a non-negotiable criterion to please God, and consequently to experience the peace announced at Christmas. He repeats that faith is the conduit through which an individual aligns with God's pleasure and favor. He draws from Hebrews 11, 6 to reinforce the idea that it is impossible to please God without faith. Thus, Christmas, though a celebration of peace, brings this gift only to those who embrace belief in God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Illuminating Jesus Christ's mission of revealing truth, Piper references Jesus' lamentation about humanity's inherent love for darkness over light. He interprets this as a metaphor for the rejection of Jesus' teachings by those entrenched in sin and unwilling to be transformed by truth and righteousness. Besides, Piper invokes the prophetic words of Simeon, an elderly man who anticipated the division and revelation of hearts that would ensue from Jesus' life and work. Simeon's prophecy identifies Jesus as a pivotal figure destined to engender both spiritual ascension and descent among the people of Israel, and to incite controversy that would bring inner motives and convictions to light. In his analysis, Piper paints a somber yet realistic picture of the Christmas message as it relates to peace. He suggests that despite the joyous nature of the holiday, the peace it heralds is a peace with profound implications critical and selective, dependent on one's relationship with the divine. For those outside the covenant of faith, Christmas might only amplify the coldness of their spiritual landscape, a chilling reminder of the peace they have yet to claim. In conclusion, Piper's exposition provides a sobering reflection on the true essence of Christmas peace, a peace reserved for those who genuinely seek and favor God's will. Additionally, Piper's message addresses the transformative power of belief in Jesus Christ, grounding his argument in the scriptural context of John 1.11, 12. He underlines the stark contrast between the world's rejection of Jesus 
and the empowerment bestowed upon those who accepted him. This empowerment is not of a worldly sort, but spiritual, offering believers the status of God's children. Such a gift is rooted firmly in the act of belief, acknowledging Jesus' name and authority. Expounding upon the unique peace that Jesus imparts to his followers, Piper underscores that this peace differs markedly from any tranquility that the world can offer. This is a peace that Jesus left with his disciples, an enduring legacy meant to relieve troubled hearts and to chase away fear. Piper draws upon Philippians 4, wherein the Apostle Paul speaks of the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. He suggests that such a peace envelops the believer who approaches God with complete trust, engaging in prayer and supplication. For Piper, faith is a key that unlocks God's promises. It is through trust in these promises that joy and peace proliferate within the believer's life. Piper points to Paul's prayer in Romans 15, 13, where the request is made for the God of hope to fill believers with joy and peace as they trust in Him. This connection between faith and the experience of divine peace reinforces the idea that belief animates and vitalizes spiritual peace and joy. The ultimate end of this joy and peace is the glory of God. Piper implies that God's glory reaches its zenith in the serene spirits of those who have faith. Quoting Luke 2.14, he reminds us that peace on earth is bestowed upon individuals with whom God is pleased, those who believe. Piper's message suggests that our faith is not just an intellectual assent to doctrine, but an active, life-shaping trust in a God who delights to call believers His children and to lavish upon them a transcendent peace that echoes His highest glory. Last but not least, Piper invokes the powerful metaphor of Christ as the light that invades and ultimately overpowers the darkness engulfing humanity. He begins by connecting the life within Jesus as a source of light for mankind, a brightness that the gloom of sin and despair cannot extinguish. Piper elaborates on the Gospel of John's introduction of John the Baptist as a divinely appointed witness to this celestial luminosity, whose role it is to testify so wholeheartedly that all who hear him might come to faith. Piper's interpretation hinges on the transformative potential of encountering Christ's light. He posits that such an encounter is not passive, it is revelatory, akin to being rescued from the confines of a shadowy cave into the brilliance of daybreak. This experience, marked by an awakening to truth and divine grace, elicits an almost instinctive response, to testify to and share this newfound radiance. Those who have seen the light, much like John the Baptist, become emissaries themselves, intent on spreading the clarity of Christ's message. Continuing with this motif, Piper emphasizes the active and contagious nature of this light. He draws a parallel to the spreading of physical light from a single flame, suggesting that the act of sharing Christ's spiritual light is as deliberate and captivating as passing a flame from candle to candle, illuminating a once-darkened space. In conducting such a ritual, the faithful reenact the missionary zeal of John the Baptist, embodying the call to illuminate the world with the truths of the gospel. Through this analogy, Piper articulates a broader vision, that to bear witness to Christ's light is a calling that encompasses both belief and action. It is a call to lift others from ignorance and despair, and to infuse the world with the relentless hope and grace only found in the Christian faith. Thus, in tandem with receiving Christ's light, 
there comes an enduring duty to perpetuate its presence, ensuring that its warmth and guidance reach every corner of humanity's diverse landscape. In conclusion, Piper offers a profound exposition on the Nativity, demonstrating God's orchestration of events to ensure the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies, particularly the Messiah's birth in Bethlehem. He sees Caesar Augustus's decree as part of the divine plan to align with Micah's prophecy. Piper's meditation accentuates the awe-inspiring sovereignty of God over history, evidencing his meticulous care in the unfolding of salvation history. Also, in exploring the birth of Jesus, Piper presents the idea of the Calvary Road, the notion that Jesus' life was characterized by self-denial and sacrifice, beginning with his humble birth. The choice of a manger over a royal palace set the stage for a life that would culminate on the cross, a life committed to servitude for the redemption of humanity. Believers are invited to tread this path, accepting self-denial as part of their spiritual journey. Moreover, facing human fears, Piper reminds Christians of the angelic exhortation to fear not, often associated with Christ's birth. These fears, which range from personal insecurities to the dread of death, are addressed in the coming of Jesus, who through his mortality disarmed death and freed humanity from its grip. The narrative of Christ's birth stands as a bulwark against fear for those who believe, encouraging them to rest in the sovereignty and care of God. Furthermore, Piper affirms the integral relationship between joy and faith, with the Apostle Paul championing this tenet urging believers to find constant joy in their faith, even amid sorrow. This joy flows from a deep trust in God and His purposes, a joy unshaken by life's trials or the deep waters of grief. In addition, central to Piper's message is the selective peace offered to those with whom God is pleased, those who believe in Him and His Son as the Scriptures require. The peace offered by Christ to His followers is profound and steadfast distinct from fleeting worldly calm and meant to surpass human understanding. In sum, Piper discusses the responsibility of believers to act as bearers of Christ's light, analogizing it to a flame passed from one candle to another, spreading illumination. Just as John the Baptist bore witness to Jesus, Christians are summoned to share the hope and grace revealed in Jesus Christ, thus participating in the missionary endeavor to cast out darkness with the resplendent truths of the gospel.